every game go 82 and 0. The only Mavericks podcast without a podcast around. Would you even know? The only Mavericks podcast. The night is long without some audio. The only Hello, friends, Mavericks and welcome to this special mailbag episode. The only mailbag episode concerning the Dallas Mavericks. Now here is your host, Tim Cato. Hello, welcome to the Only Mavericks podcast. The Only Mavericks podcast brave enough to bring back a former co-host as a guest. We're not scared of the power dynamics. That's right. Dave Dufour, how are you, man? It's It's been a second. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Finally, yeah. finally, coming back to the airwaves of the greater Dallas Metroplex. Uh, man, where are they going to put a, the a new podless, arena? A podless Metroplex. <laughs> let let me know? let me just come out and say, where are they putting the new arena? Is it going to be in Arlington? Maybe Richardson is what they're man. saying. Yeah. Uh, More to come on all that. But I'm, yeah, I'm Tim Cato. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather talk about the Mavericks. For the athletic and for this podcast, uh, Dave is just on as a guest, just here because he's our friend. Just I don't here do anything because, else, though. You know, Mike, Mike, and uh, Austin couldn't make it this week. Uh, I mean, you work for the athletic too, but you know, this mm-hmm. is not an athletic pod. You are not a. I I, I am the host now. You know, you are. Yeah, <laughs> just. I remember actually the first few episodes we did seventy seven minutes. Um, actually, it was like one episode, and maybe two episodes, and you were the host. And after two episodes, be. you just told me. No, you need Why to be the hell the host. don't you just open the episode? Why 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 yeah. are you not doing this on the microphone? Well, because see, now listen, man. Like I I yes, I'm a I'm a podcast host, but this is the Tim Cato show. Or at least at the Athletic it was the Tim Cato show. Now it's a much better show because it's, you know, it's a group <laughs> effort. But um but originally it was meant to be the Tim Cato show. I'm look, man, I I'm a team player. Uh you know, a, a made basket makes me happy. An assist Makes us both happy. So, so one thing, one thing I've learned, one thing I've learned, podcast over these years, podcasting with you and with others, is I've learned about transitions and that you're supposed to find something that somebody says and just segue it in to this next thing. Which is mm-hmm. to say that if I'm the Luka Doncic, I still need my teammates to be pretty good. I'm not the Luka Doncic. I, I, I already see so no. this. This is already breaking <laughs> yeah, it down. Yeah, yeah. But there was no. a segue somewhere here. Somewhere here, there was a segue into Luka Doncic, and we're the only Mavericks podcast actually brave enough to talk about him. Uh, I mean, look, I, uh, man, it's it's about time someone someone was brave enough, um, and, and really just someone could see the game well enough. Tim, I'm just I'm just glad that your <laughs> basketball eye can see how talented this guy actually is. Yeah, we. I mean, we we have the running joke that we hardly ever talk about him, um, you know, because. Especially early in the season, what's interesting is all the moving parts around him. It's time to talk about him. I want to talk about him. Uh, you know, this man, I, I want to start with a stat. And I think this stat will, will just lead us into however long we decide to talk about him. But Luka Doncic, um, you know, he's playing as an MVP right now. MVP mm-hmm. level. To me, he's one of five people who could realistically be named MVP tomorrow. It would make oh, sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I would I would say That's Luka, ac- Jokic, Embiid, um, Shea. I'd probably have one. I have someone else in there. I mean, Jason Tatum. Maybe Tatum. I'm I I, I you know I think it's I funny Tatum a They're, half stuff out. Well, yeah. it's it's because 
I mean, Boston is like a little bit under the radar. This happens a lot, though. It does. They're just they're pretty good. And, and we know what their problems are. And they still don't they haven't solved them yet. Like they're just I'm not going to hmm, it's unfair, but they're boring. I'd probably put Giannis in over Tatum. And and you know what? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And and those would be those would be the top five. So mm-hmm. as I was trying to talk about this, I wrote after the Mavericks won on Tuesday. We're recording this Thursday. So you may not listen to it Friday. We'll see how uh, Thursday's game, huge game, against the Minnesota Timberwolves go. That certainly, if if uh if Luca carries them to another win there, that's a narrative boost. And much more importantly, it's a you know it's a huge statement by the team of just how good they are. Yeah. But on 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 Tuesday, you know, um, the team you know they had a back to back. They play Monday night. They fly in. Luca would have sat out last year. He plays that game, and yeah, he he was tired, a little little bit inefficient. Um, I'll say that is his fatigue stuff. Uh, his his not playing his not playing defense. I think is becoming more of a team issue. That yeah. when they leave him out there for 40 minutes on consecutive nights, you start to see it. But it's mm-hmm. also like, I, it, it's much harder to fault him for the defense lapsing in those situations. Because, like, what is a man to do if he's playing 40 plus? Right. Um, you know, when, when, when they have no choice but to leave him on the court for all those minutes. Here's the stat. According to second spectrum data acquired by The Athletic, Jason Kidd is right because I preface this with a with a with a Jason Kidd quote saying Luca has to lead the league in double teams. Um, according mm-hmm. to Second Spectrum, Doncic has been blitzed in pick and roll situations, which is to say, you know, both defenders doubling him off a pick, 140 times this season. Would you like to guess who is second? Cade Cunningham. That's not fun. Cade Cunningham. Okay. Would you like I, to I guess how many say... times he has been blitzed? <clears throat> um, 140 for Luca. Let's say 60. 62. Yeah. So I don't know why or how. There are people, there's a few people in my mentions coming after me because somehow I'm minimizing what Luca does. Because a lot of the story was about Luca's incredible, but also yeah. his teammates are, you know, rising Better. to the occasion. Yeah. I don't know how that's minimizing. A, a NBA player, when you're faced with a four on three, should be, fi- be able to efficiently score. And the Mavericks have finally actually put enough teammates around Luca yeah. that they can do that. Okay, now let, let's say that let's let's say this is not Luca, and you're talking about Steph Curry and Draymond Green, and making the right play, right? Like this is right. I mean, secret to their success. And this um, is a man who had 33 and 17. Yeah, yeah. It's not despite like he's not despite the Lakers throwing two at him, I will I, the also 17 say is the thing. That's the seven the 17 assists that right. that were like potential assists that were not converted before. This team is different because they convert more of those passes. And also, guess what? The the ball moves a little bit better even when it's not Luca. Like they get that secondary assist, the hockey assist. So I mean, it's just they get more stuff out of out of those double teams now than they used to. It used to just be, oh, we got to survive this, get it back to Luca, and hope that he can get a step back out of this. That was so the Don- go-to offense. Dante Exum was the the hero. He shot seven of nine. He was so good in the World Cup that his like, I last saw this three, his last three uh, in the Lakers game, he had a layup after that. But his last three pointer that he made, uh, maybe he had a, a layup before. It was off Luca driving, you know, driving into help. A little bit different than getting blitzed, and I, sure. I'll, I'll get back to that. Driving into help, kicking out of Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway takes a dribble, uh, takes a couple dribbles, goes past a man, gets into the paint, 
and then flings it out to Exum, wide open in the corner. Tim Hardaway Jr., a player, some people on Twitter, okay, on this podcast, we've made jokes about like how many assists does this guy even get a year. It's ball movement created by Luca that goes to the team's best shooter, who collapses the defense even further, and then it goes to Exum. When I cite that blitz stat, it, it's the best example. I, maybe maybe I'm just not good enough at second spectrum, but it, it's really hard to get like the sheer number of times. It's really hard to quantify how much a player gets doubled. Do you right. count when he dribbles into help? Do you count when he's in the post and they send another man from the baseline or over top? Blitzing is just one example. Something they do to Luca as well, and I don't think this would be categorized as a blitz because the the, the screener isn't even up yet. There are teams just sending two players instantly at Luca the second he crosses half court. That's not being categorized in this 140 time stat. Right. And he's still, but it, this is one way to show just how much this person, despite his teammates being better this year, he is so good that defenses say it is better to play four on three and hope we can recover, hope we can prevent a shot long enough to reset than to let Luka Doncic take one or create you know, from that. And that, so that is one measure and he is doing it, you know, or he is, this is being done to him. This defense is being done to him twice as much. He's incredible. Yeah. Putting up those kind of numbers with that degree of difficulty is just, I mean, he is the the primary focus for the defense on every single scouting report. He is the number one target. That's it. Um, and in particular, these games without Kyrie, right? The release valve is, is a, is a much lesser player. Um, but they've been so good. I mean, like Exum having that sort of speed and athleticism and size, right? It's nice that when it's not Kyrie, it's not just like, oh, here's a guy who's 5'8". He runs really fast and can't shoot, you know? Um, Was that last year, McKinley Wright Jr.? Yeah, yeah. Or the third, I should say. Having a decent guard rotation has helped him a lot. Um, But, I mean, honestly, like Lively has been – uh, a revelation, but also th- this is what it looks like when you've got an athlete in the middle with this guy. And, and I think that we've talked about this now on uh, the previous iteration of this podcast. Like we, this was like a weekly segment almost. Where's the big man that can do this sort of stuff. And, and he's been great. So yeah, it, it's um, it's incredible what he's managed to do with that sort of attention and a large reason why he's been able to do this is because he has much better pieces around him. Christian Wood is not out there. Right. Yeah, it's it's Lively's uh, mobility that really stands out the most to me. Somebody compared him to uh, Joakim Noah, which I thought was a, a very fascinating... You mean mobility or activity? Because it's a little bit of it's both. both. Like He can it's move, it's but both. he actually doesn't stop moving. That that's a that's a very good point. Uh, Second it's, effort it's, on the glass is always there. I mean, he's you know like he catches some of these lobs that uh, that wouldn't be lobs because Luca is kind of like Jokic. Like if you if you figure out how to play with with Luca, you can get a lob from a foot away. You know, Jokic hits Gordon with those all the time. It looks like he's taking a shot, and and I think Lively has been pretty good for that. Tip ins, just it's it's just amazing what a tall athlete adds to your team. Right. Yeah, no, I feel like he just keeps showing new stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. to, to go through the season. It was, you know, first it was, oh, he can throw down lobs. Look at this lob threat that he's providing. Then he started showing the offensive rebounds. Then he sh- started showing the short roll reads to the corners. Then he was like, you know, famously in that game against Oklahoma City, 
we're using the word famously very famously within famously famously within In niche game, circles of people who might listen to this podcast. We all know that he showed he can take a dribble from the free throw line, get right to the rim, dunk it, lay it in. That's the next evolution that he showed. Mm-hmm. Now he's showing, you know, against the Lakers, he had a similar instance. LeBron was under the rim. He wasn't going to instantly finish right over him. What he did is he took a dribble, backed him down for a half second, turned, little jump hook, five feet away. These are the continued evolution. I mean, I'm at a point with Derek Lively where I expect him to be shooting corner threes later this season just because he keeps adding he new keeps stuff. Adding stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I I'm, I'm, the same thing. I'm not really he's sure. Gonna, I'm not really sure about that, but I don't think he's got the, the shot for it. But man, uh, like, like if he, if he broke out a little eight foot hook shot, you know? He, he has a little that, bit. That DeAndre he's, he Aiden, has just like, a little six bit. Six to eight yeah. foot jump hook. If he had mm-hmm. that, um, he becomes an even bigger threat. What I want to see is, um, can he pass? Like, can he operate in the high post some? You know, like, because I want to like, I want to see what it looks like when he's out there and it's him and Kyrie. Because he needs to be able to do some DHOs and some of the so stuff. Not that, a, so that not Kyrie a read and react, but a yeah. hub. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. What happens? Yeah, there's different types of passing. He's this. shown a yeah. lot of types of passing already. That sure. is yet another type of passing that I think yeah. would be really interesting. Well, but in particular because of maximizing like Kyrie, you know, uh Kyrie as a pick and roll ball handler is great, but I also I like when Kyrie moves without the ball around a big. I mean, you know, he did some of this with Kevin Durant and of course now Lively's never going to be treated like Kevin Durant, but uh his length and and height Create some openings for for Kyrie. I mean, so, I think Kyrie I is the most stuff really like player in the NBA. Oh, what? Yeah. No, come on now. Come on now. I mean, kind of. No. No way. No. They Dribbles prefer being. Yeah, Dribbles I mean, he much. does. He does. In yeah. moments, he looks very stuff like. Yeah, and, and he goes around contact. That's that's. I mean, it's been like a thing in his career. Okay, doesn't stuff do that too? No, Steph doesn't get calls. There's a difference. Steph doesn't get free throws. <laughs> Steph goes into contact. They're both like, I mean. Also, it's a it's a ridiculous premise. A Steph-like player. They're the, the quite Darius literally Steph, Steph because the there closest. is no Steph. You're right. Darius you're right Garland's about that. the closest. And, you know, and sometimes Darius I just Garland's toss out a take. A better passer, though. I feel confident toss, tossing out uh, takes on this podcast when you're on because I know you will, A, call me and I'll trust that if you're calling me, then I'll, I'll, I'm I gotta, just going to well, retreat. I'm going to. I'm at least go back to, to the it. trenches. I'm willing to think about it. I, I'm not going to call you out because listen, man, calling people out is lame. It's sports. So, so where do we go from here with Luca and how teams react to him? I suspect at some point we're going to start seeing a little bit more of the only like don't help, no no helping. The the role players have shown they can hit too many shots. This happened last season. Opponents just cycle through all the variations of defense that you can throw at Luca. Often, you know, starting with one game plan early in the you know the first half into the third quarter, mm-hmm. there was games where he would have thirty eight with a few minutes left in the third quarter, and they would decide, all right, we were trying not to send help, we're going to do it now. And maybe at that point, the you know the role players are so out of rhythm, they haven't touched the ball enough that they're not going to they're not going to hit those shots but all the evidence we've seen is that that like that's not going to work either this is a top three offense in the league for a reason but I, I i do think that we probably have based off how well the role players have been shooting 
I think that we're going to have some 50-point Luka games coming up just based off how teams choose to, you know, They're cover him and, and choose. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a choice of what hurts least because it's going to hurt. I don't know if we'll see it in a regular season. That's the thing. Um, I, I do think that you can rely on the role players can't beat us every night for, for a, a lot of teams. You can rely on that. And, and it, and it, they're role players for a reason, you know? Um, I think a lot of teams are probably going to come in with that send two to Luca until you get into the point where it's like, oh my God, we got to win this game. And then we're going to see mixed coverages. You see, with Kyrie more. out, I would send, especially because Luca. Oh, yeah. Who's got to make, make the decisions, right? Yeah, I, I yeah. no, I would try to wear down Luca. Like mm-hmm. he's he's like if I'm Minnesota tonight, I Minnesota's different. Yeah, I let me. I, I'm curious what how if you're Minnesota. Let's say it's not individual defenders. Let's yeah. finish this thought, and then I'm I'm very curious right. how if you're Minnesota, how you would uh, how would use you would scheme it up. Yeah, if, if it was a team not named Minnesota and Luca had played three games in four, about to be, or maybe three mm-hmm. games in five, and not about to be four games in in seven. Right, and he's been playing forty plus minutes in all of these. He's got a baby at home. I would make Luca work every single possession and hope that his defense runs so ragged and the Mavericks don't have Kyrie. And so they, you know, they've had to have him on the court. It's been very mm-hmm. difficult to take Luca off right now. Some of this is all the other injuries. Um, you know, some of this is, you know, Jaden Hardy has not popped uh, as a as a lead ball handler or really at all this season. That's probably how I would play him in the, in the coming weeks. But and once Kyrie gets back, it, it really is a ch- you know. It, there's such, you know, it's 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 a no win option anyway. Right, well, the Minnesota. advantage that you create. So right, the the advantage created by by the the pass out of the double team, it gets compounded by having an elite decision maker out there on the floor. Right, this is again Golden State. Right, and if Derek Lively was was that sort of decision maker, Draymond Green guy you would already see adjustments happening. Like it would have to happen because it's like, we're going to get wide open shots or dunks. And so uh, you add Kyrie out. He's there definitely not Derek. Similar- you know? Yeah. He's not, he's not Draymond, but he no, is but making, he's not a bum. No, no, he's yeah. Not a bum. He's making, he's making yeah. above average reads on sure. at, at least it, he's making the right first read every time. Sure. Um, he's not making complex Kyrie, reads. Add Kyrie to that. Right. And now all of a sudden you've got a pitch and catch pick and roll partner. Like you can get into second, like a second pick right. and roll uh, as the defense is trying to scramble back, which Luca can take advantage of too as a cutter off the double. You know, like as the defense is having to scramble to catch back up to Kyrie, now Luca gets to act. Um, and well, that's a that lot stuff, of what they're doing with Exum. He just doesn't have the mm-hmm. same scoring pop as Kyrie. Right. But getting him in a four, he doesn't have to be catching. You just you 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 slip it to Lively, and then you get Exum mm-hmm. the ball. And he attacks, and then it's a further breakdown, and then you're just betting that, you know, two sets of rotations happening at once. It's both the big man scrambling back, and then, you know, whatever man got, you know, caught on lively screen that Exum is now driving off of. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of these shots are coming from. Well, this is why I'm, as a coach, I, I, I'm sometimes anti-double-team. Because you're, you, as a defense, you're putting yourself into rotation. And that's the uh, the goal of the offense, is to have you... Right. You know, behind. Right. So you're you're we're going to say it's worth it to get the ball out of this guy's hands or try to create a turnover. And we are just going to scramble to keep up. And at a certain point, you know, your defense can be exhausted from doing that. And so that's where I mean, Dallas has had a huge advantage. But to the Minnesota game, I just they've got individual defenders and they've got elite 
rim protection. So you can go one-on-one. You don't want to pull Rudy out. You know, we already know that. Um, You don't want Rudy out on the perimeter against Luka at all. Up Uh, until Tuesday, they might have put Gobert on on Exum, in fact. Right. And let him him sag and, and pop out. But that strategy... You know, they could still test it. Shouldn't it shouldn't have been a strategy ever. Like, look, man, Axum has had a, a couple of good Euro seasons, um, especially shooting. Um, and, and he had come into the night with seven made, with eight made threes and made seven. But I agree. But I'm saying, he has like, been, he's, he's, not, he's not a bum shooter anymore. Like, he actually can shoot. Um, this is a guy you have to respect, at least. And there is something, uh, so the there really NBA is something about getting into rhythm. When you get that many looks over oh, a yeah. short amount of time, there is mm-hmm. one of the one of the reasons that an NBA player can go make ninety is in then in, in, in you know ninety percent of their shots warming right. up. You know maybe you know the best ones make ninety percent. The most players make at least you know sixty percent mm-hmm. of their shots. But you have to you have to you know isolate your mechanics and you got to have it perfect after not using after not doing that motion for ten minutes straight over real time. Then all of a sudden you're asked to do it again. Well, you and know, you're like fatigued, that's, and you get right. a guy who's six seven with a seven two wingspan running at you full speed, a freak. This is probably a little bit of mansplaining air. NBA for me. Yeah, uh, I, I think yeah. I think everybody kind of intuitively understands yes. this. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so Minnesota, I think you play him straight up. You know, um, Anthony Edwards likes to answer the call. I would maybe just do that and and, and see how your defense holds up. Um, you, it's almost a point where when Luca can do the thirty three and seventeen. The 33 doesn't hurt you nearly as bad as the 17 does. It's the both, right? You've got to pick your poison. So if he's if he's on one, you almost want to be like, okay, be on one. No one else will. Yeah, and if and you want to be Minnesota on one against Ant Edwards and right. Jaden McDaniels, good luck. Good luck. And, and we're willing to play everybody else in a way where they can't. You know, all of a sudden that that, you know, that six foot uh, open shot is now a three foot open shot, and it's it, that's a much harder. I mean, if you go look at the percentages um, uh, as far as distance from the closest defender, it drops precipitously between a contested shot and one where it's wide open, which is six feet for NBA. So, um, yeah, the the windows just get tighter, and you just say, okay, let's see what you got, Luca. And you try to keep try to try to stay out of foul trouble, which is the big problem with him. I mean, you know. Our whole strategy in the World Cup against him was try to get the ball out of his hands. Wait, do you want to say more about that? Nobody knows this. Oh, yeah, because I haven't said this out loud. Well, I'll say it to this audience. So uh, I spent the summer uh, with the Georgian national team, the Republic of Georgia's national team. I love Atlanta. Uh, Yeah, Um, I love Atlanta, too. Um, But this is, uh, you know... (laughs) The Republic of Georgia. Yes, the country. And yes. I was uh, on the, just, uh, you know, very lucky to to be on the coaching staff for the World Cup. So I got to coach against Luka Doncic, uh, which is uh, kind of surreal. And, um, you know, needless to say, I know this guy pretty well. So um, our game plan uh, was kind of the same thing everybody does. We, we, we actually didn't want to send him left. Uh, because we were just so worried about how well he scored and passed going left. Like if you go and look, I mean, Tim, you you've written so much about how to defend Luka Doncic, and That's I actually where step cited back is the that. Best. Yeah. I cited Tim Cato's work um, in a scout 
for for our game because I was like, hey, look, <laughs> I've got the data here to suggest it. And you know, we did it, but the problem is that and this is this is the beauty of sports. You've got to beat that guy. I mean, but he's not gonna let you beat him. You can have a perfect plan, and it doesn't matter. Um, you know, we were putting like our best guys on him, our our tallest guys that that could actually hang with him. Did not matter. His step back was there. The passing was there. Uh, but he ate us up with, with in the first half. He he just changed our defense by drawing so many fouls. He shot like twenty free throws in the first half against us. And so, if you're a team like Minnesota and you're trying to guard Luka Doncic and you're going to go one on one, you're going to put him on the free throw line. That he is just too good. Uh, you are going to put him on the free throw line. The goal is try to keep him below 10 free throws. If you can keep him to, you know, seven, eight, nine free throws, keep him below 10 assists, which is almost impossible now. And and maybe he scores 40. But if he's only got, you know, those eight free throws, so you, you know, you, you your guy stayed on the court. And so they were able to score for you. And if you can keep those assists down, the rest of the team didn't beat you. Um I think they're more well suited for that. He's going to get his no matter what. It's all about that, you know. That assist, you got to make those potential assists die. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of people will probably listen to this tomorrow after the game. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels are both questionable, but I, th- I think they're both going to play. I'll just I'll just make a prediction. We can make predictions for what we're going to see. It's, it's probably going to be, my prediction is going to be it's, it's Jaden McDaniels early on Luka mm-hmm. with Anthony, with Ant Edwards coming in, subbing mm-hmm. in, you know, switching off, switching on to him. Maybe he'll be the he double takes guy. over. He'll be the double guy for sure. I don't think we're going to see a lot of doubles. I, I think I, I think, think so we're either. we're going to see. You know, I thought at first that maybe I, I think it's probably Towns on Exum and giving him some space. Um, but actually, no, no, because you want to you want to stop those. You want to stop ball movement. So so you put Towns on on Grant Williams. You you do leave Gobert on uh, lively just because then Gobert knows that he's not having to, you know, rush out at a at a spot-up shooter. And th- this would be a great game for for Maxi to be healthy in. You know, uh, w- we'll see what Maxi's role is when he gets back, but I still think that just that change of pace is going to be really necessary, even if it's not as, um, you know, even if he's not going to be, maybe he's not even an every-game rotation player, but they need Maxi healthy. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope he is, and I hope that he looks like himself. Uh, when, when he comes back, because I, because I think that one game that he played where he, uh, you know, quickly went out, it just, he wasn't right in that game, but that's, that's my rough prediction and it should be a very good, good test of how things go. Um, let's just do five more minutes on anything that stood out to you about the Mavericks this season and the games that you've seen from them. Man, their defense has been better the last couple of weeks. Um, and I'm not sure exactly why, um, maybe there's a little bit of shooting luck involved in that, but, um, and, and, you know, sometimes that can influence the eye test because you look at the numbers like, oh, okay, wow, better. But even by the eye test, it just feels like these guys, um, are a little bit more connected. Um, I think that they're up like in the last couple of weeks, let me see, I've got the, I pulled these numbers because I, you know, I wanted to check, um, in the last two weeks, they're, you know, like 11th. In defense, uh, whereas for the season, they're 23rd. So, um, you know, it's been a better turn and more more what I honestly expect. This is a team that knows how to defend. They don't have great individual defenders. Lively is has been a boon. Um, you talk about mobility. 
Um, but uh, I do think that these guys are at least starting to figure out how to defend with each other, uh, which is that's the goal. Like this is not going to be a top five defense. It's just not. But if they can be right. in top ten with this offense, that's now you're 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 talking home court advantage in the playoffs. I don't think you would. You agree that you can't be a top five offense and or sorry a defense a top five defense an elite defense without really having that one transcendent all defense talent and they just don't have that. Yeah, yeah, you got to have somebody. I mean, like again, Minnesota, Minnesota has just too much, right? I, I Rudy think Gobert Exum, looks. Yeah, amazing. Exum might be their best point of attack to. Defender. Probably. Yeah, it's probably. him or, or uh, Derek Jones. Yeah. And those guys are, are good. They're really like they're really solid defenders. They are plus defenders. Mm-hmm. They're not all defense level. Yeah. They're not Jaden McDaniels. They're not Ant Edwards when he's fully locked in. Yeah. Anthony Edwards is great on the ball. It's off the yeah. ball this problem. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why if I was coaching the Timberwolves, I'm putting him on Luca. That makes sense. Right. And it's just if not hey, early than late. You know, we just don't want you to get into foul trouble because we need your offense. But I want to at least right. try you out. Um, if you get into the fourth quarter and you've got three fouls, for sure switching. Because he just has a tendency where Jaden McDaniels doesn't to get beat off the ball. Um, See, Luca is, is the same as Anthony Edwards when it, oh, yeah. defensively. It's just, I, it's just that I've said instead this of years. being one of the best man defenders, he's a solid man defender. And instead of being a meh uh you know off the ball guy like edwards is he's a um sometimes horrendous off the ball guy yeah. but yeah i mean look honestly I lucas stuff is mostly transition he's actually been rotating all right this season it's just Luka he has, has to get skills back. he has the skills he has the iq he has the physical ability to be a a at least a plus defender in the nba but there is no monetary value to that the money is on the other end of the court. The money is the 33 and 17. It is not the two and a half steals and a block and a half a game. Nobody cares about that. I, no matter how much of a defense guy I am publicly, no one's mind is going to change about it. Uh, there's no, there's no advantage to doing it until the playoffs where we have seen a noticeable uptick in activity from him in years past. Including like that Clippers series, man. Like I, I go the back one to in the that bubble. Ball. He was elite, elite. That was his best. He it was, was the best Luca we've ever seen, and a lot of it because yep. it was the best defensive Luca we've ever seen by far. Yeah. So I know he can do it. I think that you know this team when we get to the playoffs, uh, and this team's going to be in the playoffs. Um, I, I I think that we're going to see a different Luca. I mean, again, man, like we're seeing a different Luca. Um, on the offensive end, I, I think we're gonna see it on the defensive end come playoff time. I, I still I believe in this guy as a two way guy. <laughs> That's a crazy. It's not a crazy statement. You like you backed it up. I I broadly agree yeah. with you. That's just a insane thing to say. I know. I, look, man. <laughs> I actually think this about like all of the greatest players in the league can defend. Like James, I've seen James. If you Harden can beat a man off the dribble on defense. the offensive yes. end, you can stop them. Yeah, Steph Not, Curry. Look, Steph Curry became a better defender as soon as he got like stronger. Uh, right when he when he gained weight, and and people didn't give him credit uh, for a couple years after he had been at least an average defender. But his stuff was it was it was much more about getting beat up, and then style of play for that he does on offense. Uh, but but with Luca, it's not that it's. It's there's an effort thing, and, and when but when the the lights shine brighter, that dude goes hard. So yeah, right. I, I don't worry about his defense until the playoffs. If he's not defending, yeah, right hard now, in the playoffs, you know, Kyrie's out. I get it. 
you yeah. know we're we're not we're not hype you know we're not hyper analyzing every every single time that he's that he's the furthest player down the point and he's he's like hey pick that guy up who's his own man who's Look, also man. running like he's done that a few times disastrously Giannis but right now he's playing 40 plus minutes a game last night yeah against the pacers 64 yeah. points mostly punching it in in the paint. bro he didn't take a shot not at the rim that, okay, the, I okay, I saw a screenshot. I haven't verified be, it. But. We should all be talking about how awful the Pacers' defense is. I don't even, like Dallas is doing fine, and again, their defense yeah. is, I think, getting better. So, um, yeah, that's been a good sign They're for good me team. the last couple of weeks. They are, they are, they yeah. are a good team. Um, yeah. And it, it, the other thing is, man, it's been nice. Like, there's no like drama. Just chill. It's true. Just playing basketball. Um, guys developing like I, I think that this team will be better by the time we get to March than they are right now. I mean, Lively himself. I mean, again, this guy's going to be a forty percent three point shooter by the time we get to the playoffs. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> maybe, by, <laughs> maybe by the next time you're on this podcast, which hopefully is just a few like weeks. Two from weeks. Now. <laughs> gotta, yeah, yeah, we got to bring you back because uh, this is fun. This is fun. I mean, yeah, you're the man. guy. There's not not a lot of times we can say, oh yeah, we we're bringing on a guest who's coached against Luka Doncic. You know, uh, yeah, against Luka. I, know. I didn't know you were going to bring that up. I know that you. you I know. know you aren't just blabbing it everywhere, but I'm glad you did. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I want honestly, like, it, it was, a, it was, a, it was, a, I mean, I told you privately, but like, I'll talk yeah. about it a little no, bit. No, no, no. You uh, texted me, hey, guess who I'm game, you know, guess, guess who, who I'm game planning. He's in my group. Yeah, I think you literally texted me, guess who I'm game planning against this summer. I'm like, what we, the we, f does like, that mean? Ate breakfast, you know, three tables away from each other the entire, I, apparently he's very good at NBA 2K because um, he was cooking people there, but. Uh, kind of makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, it was neat. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Well, let's get out of here. This was a good episode. Dave, thanks for coming on. We're definitely going to have you back as a guest. Yeah. Uh, definitely going to have, I think Austin's out next week as well, but me and Mike will cook something up and uh, we'll go from there. So thanks again, Dave. Uh, listeners, thank you for listening. It's what you do best. And we'll see you next week. Hey, how's it going? What? What do you mean dozens? You sound insane. No, you're confused. Have you heard the song? Yeah, this is the only Mavericks podcast to exist ever. This is the only Mavericks podcast.